Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. The National Championship is over. March Madness is done. And congratulations to the Baylor Bears on taking down Gonzaga for the National Championship. But don't you worry, because with March Madness ending, that means the Masters is starting up. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The Masters is here, like I just said. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds for the Masters Tournament. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag and use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Believe in New York Football Podcast. I am your host, Steve Matino Rodriguez, and you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course the Believe website, BLEAV.com. Like, download, rate, and subscribe. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at NYFootballPod, as well as myself at Tino Rodriguez. We have an awesome show for you guys today. We're going to get right into it. Bill Campy is here, and we're going to dive into a lot of Jets talk. There was a big-time shakeup. The trade finally happened. Sam Darnold is on the move. He's headed to the Carolina Panthers for three draft picks in that deal. We'll get into the specifics in just a second. I lean on one side of this. Camby leans on the other. And not really in terms of the assets, but just the general direction of where the Jets are going and kind of the precedent that they've set. So I will waste no time and get right into it. There will be some Giants talk. Danny is in Arizona with some of the boys on the team. Kenny Galladay's taking a trip down there. Uh, I'll try to touch on that towards the end of our Jets talk, so don't worry. There will be Giants talk in this episode, but Sam Darnold on the move, taking over the headlines for at least this episode of the New York Football Podcast. What the ramifications mean for the top 10 of the NFL Draft, the Jets and the Panthers are both uh, picking in the top 10. So there is a lot to talk about, so we'll get right into it here. Without further ado, here he is, Bill Campy. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Because it matters. All right, now I have the great pleasure of welcoming on my good friend, recurring guest of this show, uh, pretty much has a permanent residency at this point. You're like Tiesto in Las Vegas. You're here all the time. Uh, no one's complaining about Tiesto in Las Vegas, though. I certainly am not, uh, the times I've seen him. But Bill Campy is here. Bill, it's happened. It has happened. The, the moment we've been waiting for, we, we didn't know how close to the draft it would happen. We have about a month now for everything to settle and get everything planned out and for all these other trades to happen. But the big trade was Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you're going to get a sixth this year, a fourth and a second next year. 
Um, before I say my piece, let's just go right there. Um, let's start with the good. The Darnold era is over. You've always spoke pretty highly of him. We obviously know he didn't necessarily get the fair shake. You as a Jet fan, what did you see out of the Darnold era, and are you sad to see it go? Um, well, thanks for having me on this for right off the bat, but the Darnold era is a tough one for, I think, Jets fans to really digest properly because he's such a good guy. You know, I, I think that a, a lot of that played into people's interpretation of what they wanted to do and see happen in the offseason because he's, you know, he's got that underdog quality. He, he's, he hasn't had much around him. The offensive line still hasn't been improved in the three years that he was here. His weapons were – they made an effort, you know, they, to at least save, you know, save face. You know, they go sign Lev Bell. Uh, they do some of those things that are look good on paper, but they don't pan out. And he was given a raw deal, you know, when they hired Adam Gase, which is, I think, 1A, 1B with who's the worst coach in Jets history, Rich Kotite or Adam Gase. So – uh, the, and, and this is where this, this, this problem lies, where, uh, how do you feel about Darnold? Well, if he gets a fresh shot and we restock everything, we have all these draft picks, we address everything, we give him all the weapons. Well, he's going to excel. I don't think that's exactly what would have happened. I, I, I think Darnold's shown his true colors in a sense, he's, he's careless with the football at times. Perhaps it's from him trying to do too much to win a football game. But once you see it and there's film on it and it's just, it, it's just problematic. And you hope that just for the sake of the player, that Darnold isn't too far gone where he can't have a little bit of a reclamation project for his career. Um, but you wish him the best of luck and uh, you, you're, you're happy for what the Jets got in return with the talks of, I mean, goodness, his stock was so low a couple of weeks ago, people were saying, oh, they'd be lucky to get a fourth or a third out of him. I really thought that, you know, a second was the way to go. If it's for next year, fine, but you still got three assets for one guy. I also don't think the Panthers are going to be that good. I told you that right off the bat. Like, in terms of value, as long as the second ends up turning out to be high, I mean, in terms of value, it's a very good trade for the Jets. You get more what, you know, what you – could have even gotten out of him a few weeks ago. I understand it from a value point. Um, and just on that note, the Jets are going to have 21 picks in the next two drafts. Seven of them fall within the first two rounds. That's from Mike Garofolo. Just want to give credit to that. So there's plenty to work with. You were saying there's a ton of draft picks there. Obviously, they have two this year. So they can definitely change the, the mantra of the Jets here. But that's the most important thing to me. Like, all these picks are great. And, like, I take it from the Giants. We had three first-round picks once upon a time. That's not the be-all, end-all. I've seen franchises get those picks, and it's like it's great to have those, but you got to hit on them. And we're alluding to the Jets taking a quarterback at two here, and that's fine. But you know, I'm gonna read off this this tweet that's going out everywhere with Rich Samini. He posted it. The recent first-round picks: Darnold from 2018 to 2011. Darnold traded. Jamal Adams traded. Deron Lee traded, Leonard Williams traded, Calvin Pryor traded. That's five in a row. D. Milliner cut, Sheldon Richardson traded, Copel's cut, Muhammad Wilkinson cut. That's a tough decade. And it's about now, you know, all that set aside, all these draft picks, that's great. And we've been on here last year talking about how the Jets never re-signed a third-round pick for some reason. 
So it's like, that's why those late draft picks to me in Jets land, almost I, I discredit them because I don't know if they're going to get any longevity past a few seasons. So this has got to be the new era. I mean, as a Jet fan for you too, that's the way I'm looking at this. I believe in Joe Douglas. I think Salah's the right guy, but that scares the shit out of me seeing that last track record of first round picks. And you can't afford that this year. I mean, quite frankly, moving on from Darnold, you're resetting the clock, but now it's go time again because the Dolphins, and I saw another tweet. I don't have it in front of me. It was a a similar situation. The Jets did what the Dolphins did uh, in drafting a quarterback when they had Gaze, then they cut him or with, you know, Tannehill, and then they get another quarterback and so on and so forth. And it's working out for the Dolphins a little bit, but, you know, they're in the same division. So it's like the Bills are getting better. The Patriots are still there. Like, we thought this last year that Jets were going to be in go time. And now it's almost, we're resetting it again. And, you know, if we're resetting the decade here in 2021, there's work to be done. You don't have to do much more to get better than last decade, but that's probably the worst trend of first round picks. I think I've ever seen <laughs> like that, I, that's, that's pretty gut wrenching, but so that's where I lie on it. I, I think it's more like the precedent. I didn't want them to give up on Sammy because I felt like he did get the raw end of the deal. And it's just like another guy. Now it's another guy on the jets. Like he's going to Robbie Anderson. He's going to go play with Robbie again. And Teddy's there, another former jet. And it's like, you seen all these former jets everywhere. And it's just like, I don't know. Like I, I look at it for the most part and it's like, it just doesn't work with the jets. It kind of works somewhere else. Like, when is it going to work? Like, who's it going to take? And when is it going to work with the jets? And, I don't know. So let's just go there. I mean, how are you alive after this last decade? Well, the first, well, the first yeah, thing. How are, you, how are you living? I have no anyone, idea. No, <laughs> any, any Jet fan that last year thought that this team was going to be good uh, was on something, uh, personally. So um, they last year was the worst team that they have assembled in, in quite some time. But that was, I think, the Douglas era – solidified that this was okay we're going to start fresh we're going to cut everything that we need to out of it we're not going to overspend we're not going to keep people that are borderline guys and it it and it came to the the crescendo with the jamal adams trade right and then we get all these assets back and at the time a lot of people were kind of in the same vein as rich samini here like oh you got to start hanging on to these these stars and, and and so on well Jamal Adams is a great player, but any Jet fan want to take that trade back right now? No. All right. So you got to, you, you have to assess what's worthwhile. Now, that list of players, yeah, that's bad. I, I never liked the fact that they didn't, you know, that they, they gave up on Muhammad Wilkerson, that they gave up on Sheldon Richardson. I thought their D line got, they, they had, and Leonard, Leonard Williams, they've hit on all their D linemen inside guys. Couples was trash. Couples Calvin, Pryor, Calvin Pryor was trash. D. Milner was trash. Uh, name another one. Oh, Darren Lee was Darren yeah, Lee. Had, Darren had, Lee. I don't even remember the judge drafted Darren Lee. I don't even remember yeah, who he, he was. He was he he was highly touted, and then he had a, a cup of coffee with the Chiefs for a year or two, mm. and did better. But uh, I don't even know where he is right now. But you, probably half of those first rounders they missed on, and the other half. Right, Darnold in a better situation, I think, is is not where he is now. But I don't see Sam Darnold as a transcendent quarterback. 
I get, I have glimpses of that. Honestly, I think with Zach Wilson, I see, I see things that can separate Zach Wilson uh, from the crowd more so than Sam Darnold. And there's nothing wrong with having Sam Darnold. You just have to have a really good team around you. The Panthers, if you were to compare the rosters right now, Panthers to the Jets, the Panthers have a better roster, I would say, right now. But after this draft, after the free agency period that we just had, I think you're gonna, those are going to be tightened up, and I would think that the Jets would come out on top based off of everything that's around them. But Matt Rule is a great coach. They're trying to build something in Carolina. And we talked about it last week, right? I kind of felt like they were screwed in the, the quarterback uh, position in just the draft, you know, because the Niners moved up and then the Falcons are there. The Falcons are not going to trade to a, you know, a, a divisional rival. No, not a chance. So uh, they, they were a rock and a hard place and they, they made that known with that Darnold trade. So you still bring in a guy, Darnold's going to be 24 when the season starts. He's, they're going to definitely give him his fifth year option. So it's basically a two-year, let's see what happens. And if he's the guy, he's the guy. And if not, they can restart. I mean, they have a nice little offense there, um, you know, with McCaffrey and so on and so forth. So he will have weapons around him. I know they obviously need more pieces. I don't think, you know, the Panthers are going to figure it out. It was interesting to see that there was like this whole party for him getting traded. Like he was just like, get me out of New York. <laughs> he's like, it's hey, look, you can't help but be excited for him because he's caught up in this and he's he's a likable guy. He needs the change of scenery, but sometimes that's what you need. I mean, I'll tie to baseball. People follow my Mets stuff. Steven Matz went to Toronto. He's a New York guy, born and bred, played for his favorite team, his hometown team in the Mets, has good stuff, started great, but New York pressure gets to you and you start to get out of your own. Had a great start yesterday. And it's like, wow, Steven Matz. Oh my God, the Mets made him. It's like, did they make a mistake? I, I mean, we knew he had talent, but sometimes it's just not going to work out. And, and I knew the writing on the wall was there for Sam from the beginning. I mean, that's all we talked about. My overwhelming concern is more that these picks need to matter. I think that's just what I'm getting at. It, it needs to be a new era. It needs to be a new trend because it's one thing to not hit on some first, but if you're just valuing seconds and then like anything after the third probably doesn't come back, you're just never going to build a roster that way. It's just, ne it's just never going to happen. So, you know, I do think you guys got the right people in charge. Y you got to hit. And if, whether it's Zach Wilson, I still am on the Justin Fields train, whoever. It doesn't even matter at this point. He's got to be the guy. He's got to be the guy, and it's got to start going from that second pick on. Like, it, it's, it's go time. I'm not saying they're going to be contenders or competor, uh, competitors or, or, or whatever you even want to call it. It's just got to be go time from here on out because – I mean, with all these assets over the next two years, that's what that's saying. Yeah. I mean, and it's going to be on a manageable – you had money to spend this year. You still have money, but that's what it's going to be. It's got to be It's got to be a new era, not a new new error, basically. That's, that's, uh, that's all it is with the Jets. So – and the one thing that's been bothering me too it, it, are some of these uh, pundits and whatnot saying – the long line of saviors continues for the Jets quarterback. And it irritates me a little bit because I, I don't see Zach Wilson in the same uh, trajectory as some of these guys that were drafted. Like you start with Pennington in 2000. He was the third pick of the Jets in that first round, believe it or not. 
and he was the first quarterback taken. They took Sean Ellis and John Abraham before him. Pretty good guys. Pretty good players. Pretty solid. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, and then Pennington went. And Pennington was – look, he was he was a serviceable, yeah. serviceable quarterback. Basically, I, I liken him to the Alex Smith of his day, just not as uh, mobile. And he ran into injury issues. He couldn't – you know, his arm was a noodle because of all the shoulder issues. And then, okay, nine years later, they get Mark Sanchez. They trade up from 17th to 5th for their their 17th overall pick, their second-round pick, the 52nd, Kenyon Coleman, the D-end, Abram Elam, Abram Elam, the safety, and a quarterback by the name of Brett Ratliff. So by today's standards, that's a that's just robbery to move yes, up, I think, yeah. that high. Um, and Sanchez was the second quarterback taken after Matt Stafford, and this is after Carroll told him that he should have stayed in college for another year. You know, so I, I don't see these, you know, and then you go to the 2013 draft, Geno, Geno Smith in the second round. That's the worst quarterback draft ever. Uh, and then Darnold, they gave up three second rounders to move up three spots from six to third. And Darnold was seen by a lot of people as the best prospect as a quarterback. Um, and that's where I think it, that's where you liken it. I, I don't see this like, oh, this long lineup, all these fantastic prospects that the Jets have squandered. It's like, it's not that they're fantastic prospects. It's the team. It, it's how it's run. That's the issue. And that's, and that was solved. I truly believe when first they got Douglas and then they bring in a guy that can command a room like Robert Sala and you see the, the wheels turning, I think finally for the Johnson family that, Oh, this might be the way to go. Um, and Douglas wants to build through the draft. It's clear. And he wants to address the trenches, which I think is clear, right? He took Beckton last year. He didn't go with the flashy product and grabbing a receiver or anything like that. I think he's going to continue that after Wilson. I truly do. And he's going to build up in in the, the late first and uh, second and third rounds. I truly think he's going to at least take two more offensive linemen um, in those picks. Uh, and you And you keep in mind, right, they have all those assets for next year. I would not be shocked if they tried to move up again in the second round to pick a guy that they are in love with. That's the beauty of where they're at right now. If they really like a guy in the, in the early second round, there's no reason for them not to move up and take him. Uh, you know, you can give them a second for next year and whatever assets, cause you have, tw- you know, 20 picks after you take Zach Wilson or whatever quarterback, I, I think Zach Wilson, and you can go get guys to protect him. You can go get, you know, Wyatt Davis. You can go get Dickerson. You can go get Tevin Jenkins. You can go get Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, Deontay Brown, Ben Cleveland, all these guys that can help out. So I think they're in a great position to succeed with these with these hits because, and certainly with Zach Wilson, he's in a better position than Darnold ever was because they have these assets, um, you know, more often than not, right. We've always seen these, these highly touted quarterbacks, right. David Carr was the number one prospect. He flamed out cause you know, he was getting put on his ass every so often because he had no, he had turnstiles for an offensive line. You know, uh, Vinny Testaverde had a terrible start to his career, uh, cause you know, he was just in a bad situation with the team, with teams, stuff like that. It all depends on situation. So, 
these things are apples and oranges sometimes. Just- Ryan Tannehill, that yeah. base connection. It's funny. Right. I wanted to jump in a, a few times. Whenever I think of Chad Pennington, I just have Eric Mangini's face just in my head. Yeah. Um, that's all I think about for some reason. Eric, Eric Mangini, what a, what, a, what a name, what a guy. <laughs> um, and then the thing with Mark Sanchez too, the butt fumble really bites him in the ass, no pun intended, but um, – I mean, if you act Chef fans, I mean, really, that that was probably the more exciting times, you know, of fandom in recent memory. Back-to-back AFC championships, you don't get it done. But, I mean, I know the defense was the defense, but you got the job done. I will will say this about Mark Sanchez. He's one of only a few people that have ever gone into Foxborough and beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. So, Mm -hmm. you got to give him that. Other than that, though, that wasn't Mark Sanchez's team. That was a run-first, ground-and-pound yep. team that had a hell of a defense. And I, you know, I think the best player in the league at that time in Darrell Rivas. So uh, that's how that team was, ma- you know, managed to be successful. Uh, Sanchez was, you know, at just needed to be a game manager at a lot of situations, but he did elevate in a couple of those playoff runs and exceeded expectations, but he was, uh, he, he certainly wasn't as ready as he needed to be. I mean, definitely not. I just, you know, I, I feel like, you know, and I'm not a jet fan, but as much as he gets shit on, you know, that's probably one of the brighter moments in franchise. That's two year period. Sure. But yeah. So it's like, you know, and I'm sure the Broncos don't acknowledge it, but like, you know, Tim Tebow wasn't a good quarterback, but he did win him a playoff game once upon a time. Let's not act like it didn't exist. You know, these are, these are moments in the playoffs that matter, you know, in history, it matters in NFL history. It matters. It's not easy to get back there, obviously. So I mean, the the problem is that moments can be fleeting and you want it to have a lasting effect. So two years is great. I would go back to 2009, 2010, whatever, in a heartbeat to just see a team that was really one win away from winning the Super Bowl in consecutive years. But the time in between has been nothing short of disastrous. So they need to, they need to obviously build. And I think we're seeing something truly being built. And there's a good reason to be excited as a Jets fan. I don't think this is like the past where it's like, oh, we're, you know, the Jets are going to be good this year. You know, I I truly don't think that's the case. I do think they're doing it the right way for the first time in uh, probably since Big Tuna, you know. So. Well, listen, I can, I can relate because the Giants were the same way since that Super Bowl, disastrous. And then even the time we made the playoffs with Odell, that was just like a clown show. The whole Miami Boats situation, that was just like, like sometimes even though they make it, I understand that you want to block it out. And I try to block that playoff run out as much as possible. But I'm just saying it happened. It happened. Let's embrace it. Uh, but I think you're right. I think with the Jets, it's better to go in with no expectations. Like even with the Giants last year, as long as you know you have the right guys in place, focus on building that culture there first. And I think that was my issue with Gase from the start. Like I had seen enough of a sample size from what he was doing with the Dolphins where you can't just buy that. You can't just piece it together. You can't just make these players want to come play for you or like you or the, even the people on your team. People weren't happy to be there. No one wants to play for that organization. That's a problem. And, and that's where it needs to start. Prospects aside, everything aside, you need to set the tone and have people realize what it is to be a New York Jet. I mean, it has to be its own body of work because that's just the way it is. I mean, in the NFL, 
you got to have an identity. you got to have a mantra about you. You even want to sniff success. That's how the Patriots, despite them losing Brady and doing everything, people still look at them and they're like, well, well, you know, the Patriots are the Patriots. Because you just have that, you know, that, that, that musk about you where when you're going into play every Sunday, people know they got to bring their best. And sometimes with the Jets, it's the opposite. You know, most of the time with the Jets, they're like, oh, fuck it. You know what I mean? We could probably half-ass this and, you know, still come away with a win. The Raiders. The Raiders game last year's prime example. It's like, fuck, couldn't get yeah. anything. No, it, it's true. I mean, that's the Patriot way, right? When you've when you've dominated for two decades and you've had very little downtime and you're just successful runs of constant Super Bowl appearances and so on. Well, yeah, you're gonna eventually just get that vibe that you can't not lose. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, you know, KB, to the same point, it's like a lot of the guys at the top, the Saints have them about them with, with Sean sure. Payton. The Ravens are going to be there every year. The Steelers on their bad year, even when they stink, you're like, we don't want to play the Steelers. So it's you like. Know, you know what all these teams have in common? Good head of coaches. <laughs> sure. But a top five, top ten quarterback. Mm. I don't know that Sam Darnold is a top ten quarterback or Certainly not top five, but I don't think he's ever a top 10 quarterback. In well, his the career. Saints are to be seen. I can't wait to see what happens with this. What Saints. I'm saying historically, right? Let's mm-hmm. let's look. Let's let's break this down because I love that you brought this up, right? Let's look at the last 20 years of Super Bowl winners. Okay. The quarterbacks that were on those teams, the only ones that are oddballs are Nick Foles, Flacco. Flacco, but Flacco played like a Hall of Famer in that playoff run. Yeah, he was he was balling. Truly did. Like nine, I think it was like nine touchdowns, no picks. Dude got he got paid because of that Super Bowl. Exactly. He got his payday because of it, but he balled. So you got Foles, you got Flacco. You have, I believe, Brad Johnson for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that team that was just an insane defense. And if we're going 20 years, I guess it's 2021, but Dilfer, obviously. Yeah, Dilfer for the Ravens. Like, but other than that, though, you have Eli Manning, Man. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Rogers, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, tell Rogers. me to stop with the the amount of guys that probably all of them. Breeze too, obviously. Well, Breeze, yeah. that. Probably yep. all of them will wind up in the Hall of Fame. Oh, for sure. So, the fact that in the last twenty years you've only seen three to four guys take their team, and certainly they took their team, and they had moments where. You know, nobody saw what Foles, but Foles didn't win the regular season. That was all Wentz. Wentz was almost, an, you know, was MVP caliber. I mean, Flacco, it, the Ravens were seen always as this defense first, and Flacco could actually throw a deep ball and do all these things, which was great too. And you, you cannot win in this league without elite quarterback play, whether career-wise or in moments. And I, we have not seen Darnold ever do that. He's sure he had glimpses of it, but I'd rather restock and I'll take the guy, Zach Wilson, right? Let's just look at it collegiately, all right, how they compare. Zach Wilson played three full years, all right, as full as it gets with the COVID year. Um, he played 30 games in, in college. Uh, Sam played 27, I believe, in the two years that he played, okay? The stats are actually fairly similar. All right, so Darnold, 549 attempts, excuse me, uh, 
549 completions, 846 attempts, a 64.9% completion percentage, 7,229 yards, eight and a half yards per attempt, 57 TDs, 22 picks, uh, and he's going to be 24 years old in June. All right, and then Wilson, 566 attempts, excuse me, completions, 837 attempts, 67.6% uh, completion percentage, so better completion percentage. 7,652 yards. He played more games, so he's got a couple more, you know, a couple hundred more yards. 9.1 uh, yards uh, per attempt, 56 touchdowns, so one less than Darnold. Uh, 15 picks, all right, and he played more games, so he's seven picks less, and he's going to be 22 in August. So I'll take the guy that's going to be younger, that's going to be less money, that has a more lively arm, that can do things that those elite guys can do like Rodgers, Mahomes, and so on. You've seen it, like, you know, off-platform throwing, all those things that are buzzwords right now. But I'll take that with the assets that they have in the draft to build around this guy and protect this guy and make sure that the system that's in place, that's a Shanahan system, uh, and the leadership that Salah's going to show is going to blend in smoothly and go and transition well. And then we'll see a quarterback actually – develop and grow the right way in a Jets jersey, which we have not seen. We have not seen. I'm just like, and as you talk about the prospects, I'm just thinking about how the Falcons are sitting there at four. And like, that's the thing with this trade now, because the Jets trade a quarterback to the Panthers, who are also sitting right behind them five picks in a quarterback needy draft where this is all in the top 10. I mean, I'm even looking at it from a Giants angle there is a lot more to be done. Like, I mean, this changes a lot. It changes a lot. Takes the Panthers kind of out of the QB realm. Now they're BPA. Like, I'm looking at guys like Parsons. Do they address the defense? Do they go corner? Do they go receiver? Who knows? Do they get Darnold more weapons? They could really do anything. And you know they're not going to go quarterback. Who trades up to the Falcons? Where, where, where does that put them? I mean, there's I, – I, there's – more ramifications to this trade than just Jets-Panthers. I mean, it changes things. Obviously, the the Falcons stuck it to the Panthers. I'm sure th they hit them up knowing that it was going to be 1-2-3 um, with quarterbacks, and that's that. And now the Falcons are bargain bidding over here looking for the best play, you know, best play available. I still, though – so, and here, this is the weird thing with the Jets, too, and I guess because I'm still wrapped up in the whole mindset of where we were at when we started this offseason with Deshaun Watson – I still think, like, if the Jets really wanted to win a trade and gain value for the future, I mean, all they would have had to do is trade the two. I mean, that's really it. I mean, obviously, you want to go get a quarterback. But, like, when I'm talking about, like, winning trades and, like, making moves and, like, worried about assets, like, they can get so much for that, too. In this given time, with what team – I mean, think about teams are viewing the top three quarterbacks here, Wilson Fields and Lawrence. I mean, they could probably get a king's ransom for that too, if they really wanted to, but you don't pa pass up the franchise, obviously now that they traded Darnold, but um, there's going to be chaos. There's going to be craziness in the top 10. No. And I get, I get the, I get the allure of wanting to get even more assets. I, but at some point there's, well, there's two things. Not every quarterback class is the same. Mm -hmm. So you can push all your chips in next year's pile. Well, the the class, at least from what I've heard, and I haven't been uh, too in depth with it, but it's not the same type of quarterback class, and there's certainly not as many prospects that are seen as you know one A A type players. So 
that's a problem. I mean, you don't have to look for, far in Jets history because Geno Smith was taken in the second round. He was the second quarterback taken, and EJ Manuel was taken before him. Uh, it, it was one of the worst, probably the worst quarterback class that I've ever seen and we've ever seen. So not every quarterback class is, is, is created equally. That, that's one right off the bat. Now, the other thing is how many assets do you, you know, do you are enough, I suppose. So if you're at the number two pick and I've always been saying, I've been saying this since we, we talked, right. You can, you only really focus on a couple of positions in the top five quarterback edge rusher and uh, left tackle. You know, those are the three. Those are the biggest value picks. So if you love a quarterback, you take him if you need a quarterback. If you don't, you move out. So knowing that not every quarterback class is the same and knowing that you want to take a quarterback or you, you love this guy, you stay there. You don't move out. All right. If it's your guy, you stay there, you take him. Or if it's your guy and you want him, you move up and take him like the Niners did. So that's you saying that now I lick my chops because it's like, and I even hinted at this. I made the joke with the jets, but, and I see Twitter blowing up because people are already hinting at the giants trading up, but Sue will be there at four best tackle in the draft. Be wanted him last year, get Ingram, get 11, give it to the Falcons and figure the rest out. I mean, I want like that. That's what I'm looking at. I would want, I want Sue over anybody right now, but you know, from where the position we're at, if Parsons falls, that's great. I wouldn't trade up to four to draft Mike Parsons. Like, I would go up to four and get our guy. I would love to get Panay Sewell in that spot. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what the Falcons are looking for. I, I, hate, I hate to burst your bubble, but you can't keep throwing Evan Ingram into these trades. No have one to. That's all we have. That's all we have to offer. <laughs> what are you talking about? I can't trade anyone else. Who else, who else would anyone want? Oh, I mean, that's fair. I mean, he... I'm just saying that I don't think maybe maybe people can well, look at because I mean not for nothing in our mock draft we did say that they kind of liked Kyle Pitts they they could have went Pitts with that pick at four get the two sure. tight end system they do have Hooper so it's like oh not Hooper uh, they and have they Hurst. Got Hurst yeah yeah but still you know you know to the same point uh, everyone wants to compare Kyle Pitts to Evan Ingram well we can I mean, we can give you the prototype <laughs> yeah some funny. <laughs> He just drops a little bit more, um, <laughs> yeah. but I, I, okay, sure. In theory, I guess that does make sense. Uh, the idea of right, if you're all in on Ryan and you want to get some type of weapon that's pro ready, it's a known commodity, and you want to add to it, then sure, I guess Evan Ingram makes sense to a degree. But it's going to be the 11th pick overall for sure. Well, I think you got to kiss at least another first gone for the year after and probably I would venture to say maybe even another pick. Uh, the issue is we don't have enough picks. Like, like that's the thing. That's why everyone wants to trade back because in the future too, we don't have enough assets. We have a pick in every round. We're not short. We just don't have the luxury of having a couple thirds that we could dish out. You know what I mean? I really, I, really, I, I don't know that you can, you have the assets to move up to Sewell. I think, look, I like Rashawn Slater a lot. I think he would do, great things for for the Giants and, and he could fall right to you at 11. Um, I mean, there's probably a scenario somehow, probably not, but somehow where Sewell could possibly fall to you at 11 if everyone takes wide receivers and pits and 
and it's technically possible. That's it the will thing not with happen. This draft. That's what I was going to get at with you. It's like, I really have no idea though. Like I, the more I'm panning it out, the more things start moving around and trades start happening. I mean, this is going to be a scenario where come draft day, we still I, don't have any idea. I will guarantee, I, I will guarantee that five quarterbacks will be taken in the first 10 picks. I will guarantee it right now. I just don't see how that doesn't happen. And the way that it's this run, you know, it's, it's in stone, right? The fact that, you know, Lawrence is going one. Wilson most likely is going to Wilson Fields. Like Wilson Fields. I would I would venture to say Fields makes the most sense. He's certainly, you know, depending on who you talk to, right? You really like Fields. I really like Wilson. And even even if it's not Fields in that scenario, and I keep saying that, even if it's not Fields in that scenario, say they actually do take Mac Jones. You don't think people are freaking out? Other NFL teams are like, let's go up and get Justin Fields right yeah. now for yeah. that Falcons pick at four or whoever. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, if you, there's only a couple, I mean, there's a couple of them, but if you're the Bears, if you're the Patriots, if you're the Broncos, okay, yeah, then four looks really good. Um, and it makes a lot of sense to go get your guy if you really like him. Um, if Mac Jones is, if Mac Jones is taken third, then it's open season. I don't see how the Falcons stay put if Mac Jones is taken third. I don't get it if Mac Jones is taken third. Um, I really think it'll be fields and then it's okay. Who do you want? Trey Lance. Do you have a guy that you want to compete with or keep him on the bench and, and have him grow or, you know, Mac Jones who's seen as pro ready, but I don't know if ESPN's pumping out propaganda, but Shefty and I, I like, you know, I listen to what Adam Schefter has to say, but he's saying he has a really good feeling that they are going to go with Mac Jones at third. And I just don't understand why. I think that, yeah. I don't get it either. Uh, I have heard the same things, right? It's Everyone's really the character concerns they said with Justin Fields. That's what I'm getting at. Everyone's come worried about if Justin Fields loves to play football. Yeah. It's like, I mean, dude, I don't know. Like the kid, the kids had it since high school. Like, is he nonchalant? They said they use the term. He's the last one in, first one out. That's what they said. He's the last one in, first one out. That's not who you want for your quarterback. But I think they could be taught. Like, change his mindset. He's like what, 22? Yeah. Still a kid. I mean, that's that's a certainly that can be taught. You know that idea of um, discipline and, and all that. But I don't put much stock in that. I mean, they asked. You know, they talked to Ryan Day, and he's the head coach of Ohio State. He didn't say anything about character issues. He he's didn't say that he wasn't. Huh? What he just turned twenty-two. So, right. Yeah. He just right. So this is this is a young kid that's that. Look, man, you can put all. Have everyone talk out their ass, whatever. Look at that Clemson game. He had every excuse to quit. He got obliterated with that rib shot. He lost, he missed one game. He came in and played and balled out. So say what you want about, oh, his commitment, whatever. He had every reason to, you know, fold up and say, oh, I'm done. He didn't. So, you know, that's complete BS about commitment in my eyes when you see a guy do that in a game. It, on that stage, and we talked about it, and we were on Twitter talking about it. I mean, that, that showed me everything I needed to see. And the thing is, he was held back in terms of his abilities outside the pocket with his legs in college. In high school, he was literally insane, the, the types of runs he was putting together. They held him back for that reason. You saw the shot he took. Right. People were trying to take shots at him. Next level, I'm sure they're going to be just as timid. But what that showed is that 
he can take your best hit from one of your toughest defensive players. Dude's going to bounce back and, and retaliate in the best way possible. Sure. Like, there's a good and bad way. And I think the way everyone looks at it, and I mentioned this on my stream last night, it's that they see the Ohio State quarterback character issues. They think Dwayne Haskins to me because you saw what Haskins was doing with the Redskins. He was taking selfies on the sideline, celebrating when they're like a two-win team, doing certain things that it's just like, you know, what are you doing? You know, be, be a consummate professional here. You're a professional football player. You should be taking selfies on the sideline when you've won one game all year. And it's like, I, I don't even get that vibe, even the slightest from Justin Fields. Right. Like the dude's a winner. The dude's a gamer. And I just think he's someone I'd want on my team. Whether it works out or not, he's just the type of player I want to play for. Uh, I, play with, so. I, I have I have no reason to think that Fields can't be successful in the NFL. I, I, I do prefer Wilson over him, but also – you you mentioned the point of him just balling out in high school and running around like a maniac and, and dodging dudes. This is the the crux of the issue in the NFL, and that is with mobile quarterbacks that are that rely a lot on their legs. How long do you have? You know, you look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton's 31, 30, 30 and he is a shell of himself from five years ago. So, how long are you planning on? being able to do that. Josh Allen, love Josh. But the way he carries the football sometimes and the hits he takes and some of the things that he does that make him as unique as they come, mm-hmm. he takes the wrong shot, it's gone. You know, it's never the same. So I, his shelf is not the same as a, as a guy that's a little more um, privy and just a little more seasoned and just being able to protect himself. Yeah. So that's the thing that makes me nervous about about quarterbacks like that. Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Josh Allen. I mean, even Deshaun Watson, I mean, it's a primary reason why Watson and uh, Jackson at their time fell in the first round because people were worried about that exact issue. Obviously, people people were straight up disrespecting Lamar Jackson. I mean, yeah. dude should have and Deshaun, and Deshaun Watson at the time, too. Yeah, it's like the fact that, I mean, even the receiver comments, that, that was absolutely insane. When I heard that at the time, I'm like, enough. Like enough with this. Like you shouldn't discredit a guy who who played at the top of his position in college football because you you put him on some draft scale like that. And I think at, at the end of it all, like to tie it all together, the draft is just such a a clusterfuck in general. Like you, this happens every year. You think you know who your team wants to get, then you get to it, and it's just like, what happened? Like like where are we at? I mean, it's happened with the Giants. I never saw them taking Odell. I mean. Andrew Thomas was on my radar, but, you know, it wasn't exactly who I wanted. Daniel Jones was a surprise. It's like you you don't you, you don't know until the day comes because you really don't know what's going to fall out and shake out in front of you. That's what I'm saying. From the Jets, you pick at two, but then you're going to be where we are, where it's like now you're just going to wait on value because you have no idea what the heck is going to happen. Who's going to trade? What players are going to fall? The Jets might trade back. You've said it a few times. Who knows? Maybe someone really wants a player in that spot. The value isn't there. You can get a lineman or a tackle in the second round or trade back and get more assets. Why not do it? So the draft is so all over the place. It's a long process. And um, most of the time, it still makes no sense to me. Maybe, maybe as a, as, you know, since you are a Giants fan, perhaps the perplexing issues that you see for the draft is has to do with Dave Gettleman. Not, not exactly what he's doing with his draft picks, perhaps. That's fair. Well, last year, though, I will say, Judge, we knew they'd take a lineman. I mean, it was either they were going lineman or Simmons, but I knew that we made sense. Simmons. Uh, yeah. That was that made a lot of sense. 
and it, that, that was more preference. I personally liked Worfs a lot. Uh, people on this show know I liked Worfs a lot, but it is what it is. Uh, at this point, and, and I wanted to address Slater, like, I have no problem with Slater. I just hope that if they do go that route, I kind of, like, wanted to just fast forward and I want him to just go to guard already. I don't want to dance around it. Uh, that's my issue, drafting guys who play tackle that people are iffy about. Like, it's either one or the other because we drafted Pert in the third last year. You know, quintessential right tackle right now for the Giants. Dude's huge, but now we have Solder. There's so many issues that it's like – Eric, Eric, Eric Flowers too. I, yeah, just just – Cut the shit and put your best guys on the field. Make it happen. Per play guard, like 16 games at at UConn in college. And everyone's like, he's too big to play guard now. It's like, you don't know until you play him there. Like, how do you have any idea? Like, you just say it and it's just like, that's it? That's the be-all, end-all? Since we're on the Giants, let's say on this, uh, Daniel Jones showing some leadership, taking the guys to Arizona. Not much to talk about here. This is something Eli used to do all the time. Danny was in Duke uh, training with Jameson Crowder last year, so I'm glad he's doing it with some teammates this year. You know, I, I think I just want to put it like this. I don't know where Danny's head's at. I, I know everyone ties this to, well, they got all the pieces now. It's to make it or break it. It's to make it or break it. And it's all you're going to hear the entire season. I already talked about this on Clapback Sports. It's just like, be ready for it. It's Gettleman hot seat, Daniel Jones hot seat, the entire season it was like this during the coughlin eli error and until they made the playoffs and won the super bowl it never went away then they won it and it still never went away it, it just never goes away and like i just hope through all of this danny's just building that chemistry with his team and all that other shit doesn't matter i hope he's not doing this like almost like out of desperation you know what i mean i, I hope at the bottom line of this he's doing it to get better get the teammates better get everyone on the same page and that's that i hope he's not doing this like this is my prove it year. This is why I'm getting everyone together. We're going to Arizona. Cause I see him hanging out with a teammate. Like, I feel like Danny's a type of soft-spoken good guy that that's not the case, but New York will do a number. We, we talked about that in the beginning of oh, that. New well, York will sure. do a number. So maybe, maybe he just wants to go somewhere warm since it's still kind of fairly chilly in New York and that's go together with his boys. I mean, it's been a heck of a year for a lot of people. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was just like, Hey, let's just go do something and, and go see some sunshine and all that type of stuff and, and get better in the process. I, I set it all up. I just hate that. Like in the media, the first thing they say is like, yeah, Danny's, you know, showing the leadership, putting it all together. It's what you want to see Jones though. You know, he's got to get it together this season. It's like, he's just going to work out, you know, like just let the guy get his reps in. Like I, I, it, I feel like he's going to feel the pressure last year. I, you can tell early on in the new system, he was uncomfortable and he felt the pressure. I'm hoping, and the reason we kept Jason Garrett, it should be easier this year. We will see. <laughs> we will see. It should be year one to year two. You mean you look at that at high school level, you look at it at college level, anything that's installed, it becomes more second nature. He hasn't played a full 16 yet. He hasn't played a full 16-game season yet. You know what no. I mean? He's been dinged up from time to time. He had half a season as a rookie. So, you know, I want Danny, and this is shitty, and I've been saying it, to like take a breath, have some fun. And I tell you this all the time. I, I guess that's just how I am or how I was as a player. Like you want to think, you, you want to you wanna be ready and prepared, but at the same time, you don't want to overthink it. You want to be able to go out there and do your job and, and do what you've always done. Like that's why, you know, and that's the thing with running quarterbacks and even what Danny does, like sometimes he takes shots. But if you look at his tape, like on what he's always, what he's always done, and like those are the moments I love. 
because that's Danny being Danny. Him stumbling, that's what he is. Like when Eli used to goof, it's like that's our guy. You have to embrace who he is. Like I feel like sometimes people want to make Daniel Jones something he's not. Like that's what that was my issue with Garrett last year. It's like the kid is nicknamed Danny Dimes. He can throw the ball downfield better than a majority of the league, and you're you're just pigeonholing him to not doing that. Put the guy in position that makes him most comfortable and in a position to succeed. Let the player be who he is. And, you know, I'm hoping that happens this year. I'm hoping Galladay helps bring that out. But I don't think it's really on Danny. I, I think they have to still continue to give him opportunities to open things up and protect him. We need to get you know, You know who you kind of sound like right now? Who? Darnold stands. <laughs> that's that's it's kind of similar, yeah. uh, but but the Giants I, I feel are in a better position. Mm. Certainly, right? I do believe it, and I mentioned it to you a, a little while ago that you know the NFC East is in win now mode, other than the Eagles. You know, that's yeah. the only team that you know they're 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 trying to figure themselves out for a couple of years, I think. Um, but everyone else is is all about okay. We're gonna get this title and see where we can go in the playoffs and maybe even even make a run. So even as a Giant fan, though, that's all we hope for. I said it today. Like even as a Met fan, it's like you know, it's the same trend. No one wants to see you when you get to the playoffs. That's why everyone will make fun of you when you stink. Because at, at the end of the day, they really won't make fun of you when you're the team that has a losing record and beats them in the postseason. So it's like, um, you know, and I am a Danny stand, you know, because. One, I don't have a choice. And two, it's what I'm used to with Eli, though. You know, because you still get chirps about Eli not being elite, not a Hall of Famer. And I obviously stand on the other side of that, and I think he's proven it over the time of his career. But, yeah, I'm old enough to remember, like, it, it never went away, and it never did go away. And those New York headlines, and they'll tie it to the coach, and they'll tie it to the GM. At the end of the day, you win football games, you win some big games, it doesn't matter. You get the division title done. And that, and they got to take those baby steps. Last year was a big baby step. We were right there knocking at the door. I don't know if just winning the division at like a bullshit record is enough this year uh, for both of them, but it's definitely the target and it's definitely the goal. So that's why I want them to go out there, dude. If this is a make it or break it year, just do you. I mean, put enough tape out there. At the end of the day, Daniel Jones is the nicest guy in the world too. Guy will never say something bad about anyone. So it's like, you know, I'm a fan of him just, you know, for being him. So uh, you know, I think he'll have time in the NFL, even if he's not on the Giants. But, you know, I, I think he's here to stay uh, with the team. And I love that he showed leadership. I just hope we all relax a little bit. Just, well, just let Danny have some fun. It's 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 a volatile time. Everyone's got their ears perked up because we are, you know, 20 some days out of the draft and everyone's going to be listening to all these types of headlines. So, I mean, Danny Dimes might have just been uh, in the crosshairs for a little while because of that. I'm just curious where all the people who said that Dwayne Haskins and Will Greer were better than Daniel Jones are at. I wonder how they're doing in life. You know, if they're doing okay. Probably questioning a lot of things. <laughs> just, Probably questioning a lot of things. I don't, I don't forget. That's the other thing. I don't, from draft day, whatever, like I did, I support Daniel Jones hundred percent. No, I wanted Devin white that year, but you know something it's better than uh, Dwayne Haskins. It's way better than Dwayne Haskins. So I'll Dude. take it. Is Will Greer still with the Panthers? Oh, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you myself. That takes out there. I don't know who it is. We troll him all the time. The Clapback Sports account trolls him all the time. Yeah, people still. He's probably still there. I'm willing to bet. Maybe not for long. Well, if they get rid of Teddy, which they probably will, but probably. I don't know how long 
Teddy will be there. Send him back to New Orleans. Get the three quarterback system going. Well, I mean, they did tell him you can start looking to, you know, looking into trades, you know, for yourself if you can find somebody. So maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe Teddy goes and competes in Denver. Who knows what Denver's doing? I, you know, I keep saying it. I'm going to keep beating that drum. Drew Lock sucks. So I don't, I don't care. They need to figure that out. As you say I that, mean, who's the Bears' backup quarterback? Does anyone after know? after Andy Dalton? <laughs> yeah, like what's what's the contingency plan there? Does anyone? It's not Mitch. <laughs> I know it's not Mitch. It's it's fire everybody and start over. Maybe Chase Daniel is still there. Uh, he probably is. No, he signed. Um, where did Chase Daniel sign? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I don't know. I know, he was on the Lions last year. I think he was with Lions. the Lions. He might still be on the Lions. Maybe. Who knows? No, I'm sorry. He's with the Chargers. Really? He's the backup. Yeah, he signed that. He, he, I think, got cut by the Lions or they let him go. And I guess he's the backup now with the Chargers. Um, I guess, I mean, it's it's very interesting time. Uh, you know, the, the Darnold, the Darnold uh, whole trade fiasco, not fiasco, I shouldn't say that, but the whole aura behind it. It was, you know, everyone was waiting for the other shoe to drop, um, and it finally did. And I'm glad it got done. Um, but like we talked about uh, before, and, and I'm the more I keep thinking about it, that 23rd pick I think makes sense. If they can move back to 28 or so, if they feel that there's more than enough, you know, they, they have the pick of the litter or they, they feel like the guy's going to drop, I wouldn't hate the idea of them doing that to get another, maybe another second or another third. Uh, but I still hold firm to the Jets focusing on one side of the football. And I think it's the offensive side this year with those first uh, five picks in the third uh, rounds, one through three, address the offensive line, address running back, get your quarterback and maybe even grab Pat Fryermuth, who I think I would love to have. But that would be really nice. I think that's a smart strategy too. Also, I believe in your defense. I think Sal will be able to scheme things up uh, without really addressing it too much, especially with the moves you made this offseason. No, I think defensively that's exactly the goal, right? You, you, you get your young quarterback everything he needs to be successful. He's in this new system. You get him a young, uh, a young core to grow with, and then you you know, you do your best on defense. If you can at least score points, you can be in games in the NFL. So protect the quarterback, give him his, his tools that he needs. And then you can address the defense or address the offense next year. You know, Jamison Crowder is up for his contract this year after this year. So maybe there's another really good receiver that you like, and you're in the mid teens, whatever for a pick. Um, or, you know, maybe that's ambitious mid-teens, but low-teens, whatever. But uh, I, I think that's where they're, they're at right now with where they're going. That's their trajectory, and that would be wise for Douglas to focus on that side of the football and address the offensive line and get whatever Zach Wilson needs to be successful. Well, I believe you. <laughs> that sounds about right. I hope the Jets <laughs> What's up? He's hope above. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, this was great. Uh, we needed this. We needed to get on here and talk about uh, the Darnold trade and just everything going on with this uh, potential top 10 and just what the heck is going down. 
I'm sure there's more stuff going down, especially with this Falcon stuff leaking. So we'll see. We'll try to do another mock probably sometime soon. Uh, at this point, we might as well wait until everything settles and then maybe we just bang it out right before the draft. Pending, all the listeners, that'll be pending. You'll you'll find out when we find out when the mock is going on. But Campy, thank you for coming on. This was awesome as always. And uh, let's go Jets. <laughs> all gas, no break. That interview with Bill Campy was brought to you by Kanan. Kanan glasses. Let me tell you right now, I have sunglasses. I wear them as much as I can now that spring is here. The sun is hot. The sun is shining. But, you know, they just don't do the trick anymore. Uh, the glasses I have always fall off my face. They're always breaking, always becoming an issue. And it's time to make your outdoor experience a lot better. And that'll be happening with Kanan. Kanan glasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger. And they have Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code KANONCAST15, K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-15 at Kanan.com to receive 15% off on your first pair of Kanan glasses. That's Kanan Cast 15. Kanan, clearly better. Big shout out to Bill Campy for coming on. That was awesome. A lot to talk about with the Jets. Slip some Giants talk in there. We'll be back at it with more stuff next week, guys. The draft is getting closer. March Madness is done, but it's still a crazy time of year. So things will still be going down. Um, Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Always like, download, rate, and subscribe. Take care of yourselves. Be safe. Love you all. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.